Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Two groups on today's show working to educate both kids and adults living in the Metroplex. In the second half of the show, I'll be joined by Araceli Diaz with the Concilio. We will start off with Lumen Education. Terry Ford is their executive director and co-founder. How are you doing today? Great. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Another recommendation from Jerry Hawkins from Bachman Lake Together. Uh, He had good things to say about you guys, and I'm really glad that you're in here. Let's talk about what Lumen is and what you guys do. What is Lumen Education? Lumen Education is a nonprofit that educates kids by starting young and involving parents. So for the past 40 years, we have been working with children and families from pregnancy all the way through third grade using a Montessori approach. I I had to double check what Montessori actually meant because for some reason I thought it had a religious connotation added to it, which it doesn't. I don't know why I thought that, but basically, if I'm not correct, correct me, but a a holistic approach to education. Very holistic and, in fact, highly effective. Montessori has been around for over 100 years, and yet just a couple weeks ago, the Dallas Morning News reported on a University of Virginia study that found that Montessori levels the playing field for kids from low-income families. So this educational approach that for years and years and years was only available to families who could afford to pay tuition to a private school, just in the past decade has now spread to hundreds of public schools. There are public Montessori schools all over the country serving tens of thousands of children. It's very exciting. And what's most exciting is seeing this gap between lower-income children and upper-income children eliminated by this highly effective approach. What are some of the hallmarks of a Montessori approach? If you get the chance to see a Montessori classroom, you will never forget it because you find multi-ages, children in a three-year age span, Maybe it's three- to six-year-olds, or it could be a first-, second-, and third-grade classroom. But they are engaged actively in education. So if you figure that from the time a baby is born, and probably before, they they have this drive, this instinct to put their hands on everything around them, to explore sensorially, to figure out all about the world. That is their survival skill, and it's just as strong an instinct to learn about the world around them as it is to walk or talk or or eat. So our job as parents and as educators is to create environments 
where kids can tap into that instinct and that love of learning and explore the world around them. And Montessori, just ask a neurologist, Montessori is the ideal environment for learning with hands-on approach. It almost sounds like you're exploiting the natural instinct that human beings have at that age to to really hone in on what they're already going to be doing biologically and, and kind of capitalizing on that. Is that a good way to kind of explain it? Exactly. So as a parent, I, I often use this example. When your baby is throwing something, they're sitting there over and over again throwing something, and you pick it up and you hand it back to them and they throw it again, that's the little scientist in them. They are figuring out, does it bounce or splat or shatter? And does it do the same thing every time? So that's that's the kind of environment we want is for those okay. children to, to be able to explore and figure those kinds of things out. Is there a reason why this three-year grouping is important to adhere to? It is fascinating to see the personal and social development that goes on during that three-year time period. So you'll have a little three-year-old who's coming into a classroom with four- and five-year-olds for the first time and feeling very timid and shy and kind of looking around. And and one of the older children, the five-year-olds, will come over and put his arm around their shoulder and say, I'm going to show you where where your chair is, and I'm going to show you a puzzle you can do. And, and don't forget to push your chair under your table when you're finished with your work. And so so those older children who've been in that classroom for one or two or maybe it's their third year, they are the leaders of the class. Mm-hmm. And the, the younger children look up to them. They so much want to read like their five-year-old big you know, friend. On your website that is lumeneducation.org, I, I think the banner on the website says, Start Young, Involve Parents. Was that always the philosophy of Lumen when you started? Because I think that on your website also I read that you guys started in 1978. Is that correct? 1978. So it's Lumen Education with an I, just as though illuminate, like like the light in the kids' eyes when they get excited about something. And yes, from the very moment that we started this school, this school was based on parents, parents who lived in underserved neighborhoods who didn't have the kind of financial resources that they could send their children wherever they wanted to go to school. And they were just desperate to find a good place to put their kids for for school. So what we found was parents who were so highly motivated that they were willing to, to go out and and scrounge around to find, um, like we found donated books and and tables and and donated space even to start the school. Mm-hmm. And it was that parent initiative that made allowed the school to survive over the first few years. So by starting young, like I said, we start with parents when they're pregnant. We have parent education beginning in pregnancy intensively through the first three years of life. So we have full-time parent educators who make home visits anywhere from one time a week to twice a month to visit an individual family and say, oh, your child is 17 months old now. Let me share with you some of the brain development that's going on and and what are some of the things. Look, you have an egg carton right here. Let's make a toy out of that egg carton that's developmentally appropriate for the, the stage that your child's going through. So there's all kinds of things that parents can do, whether it's finger plays or simply singing and interacting with their child. They don't have to go buy expensive toys for Mm. their kid. 
So that parent education is the foundation of everything that we do. And then we have Montessori classrooms, beginning as young as with toddlers, one- and two-year-olds, all the way through third grade. And the fascinating thing is, for the past four decades, we have tracked children, even though our program ends at the end of third grade. And these are in neighborhoods that are poverty-level neighborhoods. So kids are, well, the population that, that we're serving is struggling with poverty and illiteracy. Even though we end at the third grade, these kids go on to have a high school graduation rate of 95%, with 89% of those high school graduates going on to college. Wow. So the longitudinal data demonstrates unequivocally that all kids can excel in school and in life when they get that kind of start. How exciting has it been to track these results? I didn't realize that you guys had a a data system set up to actually track long-term growth. It's been amazing because not only do we have the data that shows that these kids are are doing well, but we have the stories. Hmm. And so you'll have the the kid who who you saw struggling in um, in elementary or, or preschool um, come back and say, I just graduated from the University of Oklahoma, and I am got, have gotten my fourth promotion at the bank, or whatever it is, you know. Or, or one of our kids just came back and said, "I got Teacher of the Year at my high school this year." That's so, neat. you know, those kinds of stories are yeah. just so encouraging. Well, let's go back to uh, 1978. Why did you want to start this organization? Why did you want to help co-found Lumen Education? Uh, did you did you see a need for it? Were you a teacher at the time and wanted to kind of shift your perspective and your your approach to teaching? You know, if if you had told me when I um, first started teaching first grade that I was going to be uh, leaving the public school system to to start a little nonprofit school, I would have told you you were crazy. That really all I wanted to do was teach first grade in public school in an inner city neighborhood. And have my little niche carved out where I made a difference. So I moved into the neighborhood and made home visits to all the, the families who had children in my first grade classroom and became part of their lives because I it was so important to have those parents involved. And they were thrilled to find a teacher who really wanted them to be involved. Did somebody give you the idea of, of making these home visits or is that uh, an approach that you developed yourself? That was because I was a neighbor and I wanted to connect with those families. But it, but a lot of teachers don't do that. The vast majority of teachers don't do that. What what prompted you to, to do that? The vast majority of teachers care powerfully about doing a great job. And what I saw as it, making that home visit was a bridge between home and school and, and a way of saying, we're all in this together. So... It was based on those relationships of trust that evolved over time that parents started coming back to me and saying, you know, my, my daughter used to love to come to school, but, but now she's in an, an older grade and, and she doesn't even want to get out of bed in the morning. Or, or my son, he's falling behind academically or, or getting in trouble, or getting, developing a bad attitude. And I think, oh, wait a minute, what do you mean? LaDonica was one of my best kids or, you know, whatever. So, so it was that sense of... There's, there's got to be a better way. We know these kids have great potential. What's it going to take to tap into that? And, and really, the more that the parents and I and, and other teachers looked at this, the more we were convinced we needed to start younger. First grade sounded like it was young, but it wasn't nearly young enough. 
And so, of course, the research now has proved that out, that you've got to start Gosh, the synapses and neurons that are forming are critical in just the first couple years of life. The attention to early education has has received a huge bump, I would say, in the last few years. Is it rewarding to see that your approach was the correct approach? Of course, it's very rewarding to have it reinforced like that, to see James Heckman get the Nobel Peace Prize when his area of expertise is economics, and he's pointing to early childhood education as the lever that we need in order to make society uh, stronger and, and better. So it's, it's very gratifying to see that. Over and over again, it's been proven by the families that we work with is that there's all kinds of untapped potential not only in the kids, but in the parents as well. And by developing that leadership potential um, within um, children and their, their parents, you can really have a powerful impact, not just on that family, but on the whole community and on education as a whole. Did you immediately know that you were going to have to basically educate two, two people here, that you're going to have to educate parents and children? Because you were making these home visits and you were understanding how important it is to just be a involved with the family and make the parents understand that their involvement with their child is going to push them into more successful education. But did you know that it was going to have to be both or did that approach also develop? So much of this developed based on parents' concerns and initiative. So they were the ones who came to us and said, I want to know more or look, this is how my dad interacted with me, but there's got to be a better way mm. or that type of, of interest. So as we saw that, we knew that there was a need, and so we wanted to meet that need. But over and over again, we found that it's uh, Montessori is a, a philosophy that's very much based on children taking initiative. And in the same way that you have a, a deep respect for those instincts, that are there with children, they're also there with parents. So you almost have a Montessori approach to how you teach the parents as well as the children. Would you say that? Absolutely. And in fact, one of the key principles with both children and parents is never do for someone else what they can do for themselves. I'm speaking with Terry Ford. She is the executive director and co-founder of Lumen Education, their website, lumeneducation.org. You started small, one classroom, Eight kids, and now we're at how many? How many kids are a part of this organization? We're serving over 600 children every year at four different campuses. Is this all within the Dallas area? This is all within the Dallas area. So Montessori, public Montessori, has grown in Dallas over the past four decades. And what I've found is that there's a high level of interest among all kinds of families. There are long waiting lists. There are, in Dallas, there are now eight public Montessori schools, and four of those are Lumens. But there's a big demand for that, for that kind of education. And we're very proud to be part of that system of education for, um, for offering those opportunities to, to families. You guys are four out of eight Montessori schools in Dallas. Out of pub eight Public Montessori Public. schools. Public, okay. So, and one of the things that's happened, the of the four Dallas Public School District Montessori schools, two of them have opened up just blocks. One from one is three blocks away from our East Dallas campus, and one is three blocks away from our West Dallas campus. So we're very proud to have been a catalyst 
for generating that kind of interest in the community and welcoming those teachers and administrators to come to our campus to to see how we do it and to support them in in making it happen there. Were you guys the pioneers of this approach in the area? Because it sounds like you've had a a lot of influence on the, the other schools in the area. Is that been the role that you've filled? So essentially, Montessori was in Dallas initially for families who could pay tuition. And there are some wonderful private Montessori schools that have led the way allowing Montessori to be part of the Dallas community. Mm. It was back when the when the desegregation case came to Dallas was in, in the 1970s, and DISD decided to open magnet schools. That was the first official public Montessori school opened by the Dallas Public Schools. About that same time was when... Parents and two teachers opened Lumen Education. So back in the 1970s was when um, this started. And now you're at 600 students per year. How are you guys tracking your growth? I mean, do you, is it always wanting to expand, or do you have to be careful with how fast you expand to make sure the kids are, are receiving the type of education that they deserve? What we want to make sure is that it's done in a quality way. And the more quality Montessori that you have in a community, the better. So we are very thoughtful about expanding and opening new classes because we know that it's a public-private partnership. So because the public funds that we receive only cover about two-thirds of what it actually costs to Mm. educate a child, we need to make sure that we have enough private donations to offer the scholarships that that make it possible to offer this as a free education for all kids. Is there a chance or do you see in the future a possibility that this approach, that Montessori will be how young education is dealt with, that that most public schools will just have this approach that will start becoming ingrained into the culture of public education in America? I think that Montessori is going to be increasingly integrated as an option for families because there is such a high level of interest for this high-quality program. So we're seeing this approach spread exponentially around the country and very excited to see that happen. That's wonderful. Uh, how do people get involved uh, with Lumen? I mean, you were saying that there's there's a, uh, a waiting list. How are these families able to to get into the fold and and become a part of Lumen Education? So it's important to be clear from the beginning, we've wanted to demonstrate that all kids, not just the cream of the crop, can benefit from this approach. So we've been very careful to select children through a lottery system. So if your name gets pulled out of the hat, you are the lucky one that that gets in. Now, of course, we do make sure that most of the children that we're serving are from low-income families. And at the same time, that diversity is essential to good education. Mm. So we believe in a pluralistic society and a pluralistic community and are, are proud to have families of all different ethnic backgrounds and, and different income levels and different languages and religions. So it's a it's a wonderful environment for children to learn about other people. Within these lottery systems, are the, are the children and parents that are selected, do they live close to the school or is there are there people coming from all over the area? So we have a a focus, a priority given to children who live in a very small neighborhood service area. 
but there are enough slots that we're able to offer opportunities to anybody who lives outside that area as well. Okay. Now, you said that this, uh, that Lumen Education, uh, I don't want to say stops at third grade, but but that's that's where... That's where it stops. Even though you keep tracking them, and even though this is going to carry them through the rest of their lives, uh, it stops at, at, the, at third grade. Why is that? So what we know is that the most formative years are during that first half of childhood. Hmm. So if we as parents have kids until they're 18, the time that they really develop the attitudes about themselves and others, that they develop the basic skills in reading, writing, and math, the, de- the development of social and emotional foundation and those executive function skills, which are essential to being able to delay gratification and to be able to take pride in your work. And, and all those key attitudes are really formulated during those early years. So that is our focus. That's our niche. So if you can get that foundation laid by that, what is that, eight? Years old? Yes. Children um, are eight when they begin that third grade year, and many of them turn nine by right. the end of the year. So if you can if you can lay that foundation up until that age, you're you're good. You've got a great base to, to continue that growth from. But that's 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 that good benchmark age where you need to get it instilled then and then you can move on from there. That's exactly why we go through the third grade, is we want to make sure to lay that foundation. Just out of curiosity, is there a Montessori approach for older students? Like, does that exist? Absolutely. In fact, they're actually Montessori, not only through upper elementary and through middle school, but into high school as well. And those are some of those amazing environments to watch as your, say, middle school students will get their homework for the for, for the next six weeks handed to them with all the answers. And they go home and they work on the work and then they check the work to see how, how well it went. And then they come back to the school and the teacher says, all right, get with your algebra group. And the problems that you had difficulty with um, help each other figure out the answers. And, and if there's some things that, you, that are stumping everybody in your group, I'll come over and, and spend a few minutes to help you figure that out. It sounds like a lot more open of an education as far as it not being strict and do this and do that and it 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 does seem more relaxed you know it's actually a very structured curriculum so in every single subject area from geometry to history to language and reading and writing there are very specific step-by-step um skills to master okay And at the same time, the environment is such that children are constantly making choices and decisions and learning and practicing making good choices and good decisions about how they use their time. So that's the essence of the teacher's role is Mm. she's constantly monitoring, is this child frustrated or does he need another activity that's a little more challenging for him? Or does he need an in-between activity to help him jump over that that hump that he's that bump that he's run into. It sounds like it would have been good for me. It sounds like it's almost a great education for kids that are a little scatterbrained and easily distracted. You know, when we expect young children to sit still, be quiet, eyes to the front, pay attention, that's really not developmentally appropriate for, say, a preschooler. You want them interacting with their peers and trying to figure things out and and building and constructing and so so that's all part of a Montessori environment is that physically active interactive work I'm interested in the idea of having parents so involved 
with this educational process. Give me a quick idea of what parents are exposed to when they're a part of Lumen Education. What are some of the things that parents are going to be learning about or doing as their kids are in school? So the key for a parent is to understand that there is no one more influential in a child's life than they are. And that's not to put pressure on the parent. That's to let them know that they can relax and interact with that child and give them the focus and the attention, even if it's for a a few minutes when they get home from work, just to have uninterrupted time to talk to that child and do things with them. So that kind of interaction where the parent has an increased awareness that they're they're, um, talking and singing and playing with the child and their interest in the child makes all the difference in the world. And as parents realize that the environment that they create at home offers opportunity for their child to learn, they get excited. Some of the, the families that we work with start out saying things like, well, why would I talk to my baby? He can't talk back. He doesn't understand what I'm saying, so why would I talk to him? So when they realize the interaction that they have with that child is going to set the stage for all their future language and interaction with other people and the trust that they build with other people, they get excited about that. Or a parent who says, read to my baby? Why would I read to my baby? So as they realize the power that they have as parents, they get very excited about that. And so the um, they learn opportunities to to create an environment at their home that's conducive to learning and interacting in healthy ways. Let's talk about how people can get involved with Lumen Education, whether they want to enter the lottery system, or I'm sure that you are looking for volunteers to do different things. So so let's talk about that. How it, First, how can people get into this lottery system so their kids can be a part of Lumen Education? So there's two things that parents can do. One is they can go to the website, lumeneducation.org. That's lumen with an I, like illuminate. So Lumen Education also um, has opportunities not only for parents to be involved, but for other community members to be involved. We all need to be part of the solution to education, and Lumen needs people to come and work listening to children read or helping out in the office or when the teacher assistant is absent. Would they be the second person in the classroom to help out? There's a wide variety of opportunities, even on weekends, to come to a family work day and pitch in and help do volunteer projects. So go to our website and look at those volunteer opportunities and see what might be a match for you. If you have questions about the um, enrollment or, or signing up for that lottery, don't hesitate to either interact through the, the website or to call us at our main office, which is 214-824-8950. That's 214-824-8950. And don't hesitate to call anytime because you can always leave a message, So um, even if we're closed. I love your enthusiasm. Are you, are you a naturally enthusiastic person? Well, it's hard not to be enthusiastic when you see these amazing kids and doing, like I walk into a classroom and I see a five-year-old boy who when he first went into that classroom, 
the teacher was tearing her hair out. Bless her heart. And every teacher knows what that feels like to have a child that you just aren't reaching and he's driving the class to distraction. And yet she eventually figured out that this kid was fascinated by math. So I walk in and here's a five-year-old doing four-digit division and just engaged, just and the and and some of the little kids are kind of watching over his shoulder, kind of absorbing what he's doing. Or you'll see a uh, you'll see a four-year-old saying to a three-year-old when they're working on a big puzzle map of the map of Africa, he'll say, "Wait a minute, Nigeria doesn't go there. Nigeria goes over here." So these little kids are learning; they're just absorbing the environment around them and learning so much. Well, it's a fantastic organization, and I've had a wonderful time speaking with you. Lumen Education is the organization. I've been speaking with Terry Ford. She is their executive director and co-founder. If you'd like to learn more, hit them up on their website at lumeneducation.org or give them a call at 214-824-8950. Thank you so much. I'd love to have you back. Thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.